and welcome to the Betsy Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. It is 2022, which sounds way too much like 2022. Yeah. As in 2020 also. Good one. It might as well be. It might as well be. It is Groundhog Year because it has literally been the same thing all through 2021 that we were dealing with in 2020. And hopefully it won't be the same exact thing this year. Or worse. That's or worse. Like, yeah, we can hope for better. Like, we can I'll only be. hope better or the same <laughs> yeah. and moving forward. But welcome back. We had about a month off for winter break for mm-hmm. the holidays. And now we're back with a new year full of possibilities and salacious topics. I was going to say New Year, same old creeps. Same old. <laughs> I'm talking about our subjects, not us. But um bumps. But we've got some great stuff in store for you, especially because we left off on a major major cliffhanger last year when we talked about the close of the josh duggar trial so we promised you more we're going to give you more and we are going to delve into everything that happened during that court case we're going to talk about some revelations that came forward and we're going to talk about kind of the behind the scenes stuff you had no way of knowing yes because we know it all and we are ready to tell you but before we get into that i did want to spill a little liberty because one of our favorite subjects britney spears oh. is having an interesting couple of weeks yes. so I think it was on the 12th that Jamie Lynn appeared on Good Morning America to promote her book. But it was really bad morning America. It was was a bad morning America for her and for Britney. Yeah. Because she was talking a little bit of shit. I didn't think it seemed terribly offensive. It was definitely leaning towards saying that Britney was mentally deficient, was going a little crazy, losing control. And she definitely alluded to the fact that she tried to give Britney options for getting yeah, out of the conservatorship. No sense. Okay. Makes absolutely no sense because Jamie Lynn, at the time of the conservatorship or at the time that it began, was only 17 years old. <laughs> right. And if I were her, my defense would be, I'm dumb. I don't know what a right. conservatorship is. Yes. I went along with what was happening because I was a child. I had no standing to challenge this. And that's why I didn't do anything. Not 100%. Yeah, I tried to give her options, but she never took any of them. Right. Okay, what were those? Yeah. And how did you even know what options to give her? Exactly. So, and what power did you have in this? Real, like, exactly. in all honesty, like, I, I feel like, yeah, it was very much her dad. Like, it was totally. And it's fine, you know, but... Coming in later and trying to say, A, that you had nothing to do with it, right. B, that you tried to help and give um, Brittany options yeah. to get out of it, it just feels very hollow. So uh, yeah. Brittany, we all knew she was going to clap back at Jamie Lynn Spears for her interview and for saying the things that she did. And she, whew, she, she it. yep, <laughs> on Instagram and whew, things are getting ugly. So what it says is... Looked at my phone and I see that my sister did her interview to promote her book. I watched it with 104 degree fever, LOL, and it was actually kind of nice having a fever so high because I had to surrender to not caring. I just couldn't give a fuck, but my head hurts so bad. Of course, I'm a drama queen if I get sick, so I think I was dying. I'm not even joking. My body had chill bumps everywhere like I was freezing, yet my body was extremely hot. 
Okay, enough about my sick experience. Anyways, the two things that did bother me that my sister said was how my behavior was out of control. She was never around me much 15 years ago at that time. So why are they even talking about that unless she wants to sell a book at my expense? Mm. Thinky face book emoji. Really? Then where the lady mentioned why she why did she accuse you of doing remixes to her songs? I know it may sound like a silly thing to most people, but I wrote a lot of my songs and my sister was the baby. She never had to work for anything. Everything was always given to her. If you were me, you might understand asking for 13 years for remixes to go into a small venue show and on tours. 13 years later, they assigned me as the mother of all, heart of gold, Brittany sitting there seeing a 15-minute performance of everything I have ever wanted. But see, I always was the bigger person. They all got to do it and play me. And I always sat there and took it. But see, now it's a joke. The last thing I would ever do is ask for what was just given to her. So yes, they did ruin my dreams. I do remember asking my sister why she did that when she knew I was waiting to change my show. And her only words were, well, it wasn't my idea. Hope your book does well, Jamie Lynn. I won't be doing Instagram for a while. The media, this business has always been extremely hateful to me. I've given enough, more than enough. I was never given back ever what I want. They say in the Bible, ask and you shall receive. Uh, not in my life. Just like my family, I asked security for a leave as I laid there with 104 degree fever in bed. And he told me no. My family ruined my dreams 100 billion percent and try to make me look like the crazy one while I have a 104 degree fever not being able to move in my bed. My family loves to pull me down and hurt me always, so I am disgusted with them. Ooh. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah, that was an Instagram novel, but... Unbelievable. But Ooh. yeah, so she really went off on her, and there were other posts, too, I think, that just said all kinds of stuff about, Jamie, you've reached a new low, and uh. I thought you couldn't get any lower, but this is the lowest, and, you know, she obviously is clapping back in a big way at Jamie Lynn. So. Well, and now she can, you know, finally. Yeah, now that she has, I guess, freedom to say what she wants to say, she's off the conservatorship, and she's ready to shake up the world and yeah. say her say her truth, so... Yep. Hey, good on Britney. And I kind of feel, I have to say, I mean, for all of the insane stuff Britney's posted over the years and, you know, when we weren't even sure it was her, we didn't really know where stuff was coming from. I'm kind of with Britney on this one. Like, I'm siding with her. I feel like. I totally agree. And I would feel some type of way if, you know, my sister wasn't really there for me this whole time and didn't even have a leg to stand on when it came to challenging my conservatorship and my legal situation. But then to pop in and be like, I did everything I could for her when you know that that's just not true. Uh, that would that would piss me off too. Well, and I think it's it's sad too because she Brittany pointed out completely she's still trying to use her. She's mm-hmm. still trying to use this situation to, you know, like she said probably write a book. Exactly. And that's just sad. That is just very sad. Yeah. So Sure, that doesn't feel good, but had to add that to the Liberty, and hopefully this year we'll be able to bring back our friends from the Free Britney Foundation, because they were so much fun to talk to before the conservatorship ended, and after, I'm just dying to hear what they have to say. Oh, I know. I would love to see, yeah, where their take on things now, and, you know, when they found out, all that stuff. Right? And speaking of abuse... 
and jail and jail and bad people <laughs> and taking system. advantage yeah we have our topic today which is the stunning the beautiful the angelic the yeah. placid joshua <laughs> yes and before we start we do want to give a trigger warning obviously this story has been all over the news if you're listening to this you probably already know it has to do with child sexual abuse material csam for short if this is triggering to you at all you know this is just a warning up front not a great episode to listen to no but if you're intrigued by this crazy family like i have been for way too long this is the perfect episode for you sure is Yes. So just kind of giving a little bit of background before we get into the trial itself. But Josh was arrested on April 29th, uh, 2021. And he was charged with one count of receipt of child pornography. And we are using child pornography here because that is the legal term. And one count possession of child pornography. And he faces still at this point because he has not been sentenced. He faces up to 20 years in prison. And um $250,000 for each count. So there you go, Joshy Josh. And there were two counts, so he's looking at 500 grand in total costs there. Yes. Not including, obviously, his legal costs and everything like that. Spoiler alert, though. He was was found guilty, and um, I guess the lesser charge, because they found him guilty of the greater charge, the lesser charge dropped. So I'm assuming now he may only be eligible for 250,000? I don't know. Oh, okay. Not sure exactly how how that pans out in the end, but So just to recap on who Josh is, why we care, what you know, went into creating this monster. Josh is the oldest of Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar's 19 children. He was raised in this fundamentalist household, this ATI, IBLP, fundamentalist, very serious, you know, evangelical hardcore quote-unquote values and if you do want to learn more about it it's a crazy thing and it's really interesting for us we think to learn about um you can listen to our episodes number 42 and 43 on the Duggars and it goes into kind of the whole history of the Duggars the history of the culture um this fundamentalist belief system that they followed And nowadays, Josh is married to Anna Duggar, formerly Keller. Yes. And they themselves have seven children. Yes. And I think the craziest thing was their seventh was born just before uh, going to trial. And this has been a running joke since his last scandal in 2015 with the Ashley Madison, um, you know, scandal, I guess, the whole website and everything. So their children all follow the M theme, just like Josh's siblings. They're all J's. So it was always a joke. Oh, they're <laughs> going to name the baby Madison. Well, guess what? They actually did it they this time. They actually did it. How, How stupid. stupid. Yeah. No offense, but if there's a huge black cloud following you, giant controversy, why would you ever have no give idea. your baby the name of the website that got you in trouble? Exactly. Like, that's just that poor child. Poor child. All of them. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. And setting aside the fact that I'm sure they've been abused, because how could they not have I been? I know. Um, so just going into the court case, we gave you guys a little bit of a sound bite before we broke for Christmas, but little bit more about what's going on and what happened in court 
So on Monday, November 29th, 2021, there was an evidentiary hearing deciding whether testimony about Josh's molestation of his sister's and his babysitter would be allowed. And the testimony was I from know. not Bob Yay, <laughs> even Kanye's though it's spelled <laughs> Bob Yay. It's pronounced Bobby, apparently. <laughs> Holt, who's a female, who was a longtime Duggar family friend. But no Obviously, more. <laughs> not these days. She thought better of the whole thing. Her husband, Jim Holt, was Jim Bob's childhood friend. So these families are tight. Very. And both Fundy families, very, very, like fundamentalist tight same value system and josh and their oldest daughter this family's oldest daughter were betrothed to each other when they were young teens so they were supposed to be married everything was all set up and josh had confessed the molestation to bobby and her husband after jim bob and michelle brought him over to their house so Josh was basically brought over to this family friend's house by his two parents. And they were like, all right, fess up. Because the church, this fundamentalist church that the Duggar family belonged to, had sort of this system of confession and forgiveness and everything like that. And he was made to confess that he had molested his sisters and the babysitter to these church elders, the Holtz. And later on... The Duggars are claiming that this confession was actually under the clergy privilege, which basically says that, okay, if you said something to somebody and it was under the guise that that person was going to advise you in a spiritual way, then you that is under privilege and that um, piece of information relayed to the clergy person cannot be shared in court. Now, this was stupid and a dumb argument, (laughs) and yeah, it didn't... Bobby and um, Jim Holt really weren't kind of the elders of the church, and everybody sort of confirmed women couldn't even be church elders anyway. So Bobby wasn't really a clergy person under the definition of clergy privilege. Therefore, the confession could come in to evidence. And pretty much, too, it kind of came out that, you know, they were trying to say that they were bringing him to Jim and Bobby, but mostly Jim because he was an elder and Bobby was an elder by proxy by being there. Um, But really, they were bringing him over to confess because this betrothal was going to be called off. I mean, the one common sense or bit of sense that Jim, Bob and Michelle had was being like okay our son's a molester we're not we're gonna tell these people so they you know don't force cut off this relationship here right yeah oh my gosh so just a note so this trial started on monday they claimed all this clergy privilege stuff and then on wednesday two days later the judge was like f off we're gonna (laughs) allow the testimony in because bobby wasn't truly aka bob yay wasn't a true church elder but only Bobby ended up testifying. Jim Bob totally lied through his teeth and was like, I don't remember that happening. Oh, really, Jim Bob? Okay. So he was never called as a witness. Jim Bob also took the stand on Monday, and he was just pathetic. He was just, it just adds insult to injury. He continued to say he couldn't remember anything about that time. Of course and, not. Oh, I don't I don't know. Meanwhile, you've got the whole stupid Megyn Kelly interview where 
you know, he at least remembered enough then, which was, I don't know, 2015, 2016. Which is like only five or six years prior. Right. So it's not like he's saying, oh, I couldn't remember anything from this period of time 20 years, 30 years, 40 years ago. Even if it was that long ago, other people have pointed out this was a crazy significant or should have been a crazy you know, significant event to stand out in your mind that you yeah. would remember the details to years later, forever. Oh, absolutely. If you have to go over to your son's betrothed parent's house to say, hey, they can't be betrothed anymore because my son's a molester, you don't think that that would stand out in your mind as a significant right. event? You forgot it? Yeah. Okay. How convenient. Yeah. It's it's pretty insane. But um, another instance that came up was when he's on the stand I, I can kind of see his stance on this, but he got very upset that when they were talking about the police reports, they brought up uh, an example of one of the ones from InTouch magazine that broke the case and it had the InTouch logo across it. I can see how that would come across unprofessional. Okay, whatever. But you're in court. You're not making the decisions. You're not You're not the attorney. You're on the stand. Right. He goes and challenges the judge and says... For you guys to use a tabloid to bring it back up is very unprofessional. As if you're the one who can make those calls. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the line that's kind of now become Jim Bob's little tagline after this. I'm not going to allow it. Are you going to allow for that? Um, (laughs) But luckily, the judge put him in his place and he said, nope, Jim Bob, you're not making the decision. Sit down and answer. Right. In other words, I'm the judge. I'm the guy in the robe. I'm the person standing on the stand, not you. You're the dad of a child molester, so sit down and shut up. Exactly. Yep. Um, But then we get into the jury selection. So this is Tuesday, November 30th. And I guess for the jury's protection, privacy, the spectators and press were actually kept in a separate room where they could listen, but they couldn't see the court proceedings. And there's not a ton that went on there, but there are some kind of interesting things that make me just think like small rural uh southern town this is a stereotype of everybody knows everybody and everybody is related so one of the potential jurors was actually dismissed because his daughter is married to a Duggar son which like what are the odds (laughs) yeah but down there i mean there's so many of them that like there's probably a Duggar wedded wife you know i know like every mile marker exactly because there's freaking 20 of them exactly so yeah so you could kind of narrow it down though because more girls duggar girls than boys have been married at this point but it was likely either kendra caldwell duggar's father she's married to joe duggar or katie nakatsu duggar who's married to jedediah it's either her her father And we can say it wasn't Lauren Swanson Duggar, who's married to Josiah. It wasn't her father, Dwayne, spelled like drain. (laughs) (laughs) It was spelled like drain if you have a speech impediment. Yeah. Write down the Dwayne. It is funny because this is so base humor, like basic humor, but... On Reddit, they call him, like, Dwayne the Rock Swanson. (laughs) You know? That's hilarious. But he, this is, he's he's a crazy weird character. So he actually was on the witness list. So he obviously wouldn't. He would have been weeded out, you know, if he happened to get pulled for jury jury duty. But um, interesting thing about him is he, eventually, he didn't even end up being called. But his name was on the list. But he 
the reason many people thought he was called was because he started some counseling. This is all true. He started some counseling um, service for men that I guess are kind of in Josh's situation where he's, you know, talking to them and counseling them through things. All right. So he sets that up. His main form of business is landscaping. Um, I think he owns the landscaping company, but it sounds like he's also out there doing landscaping. Well, you know what they say? Landscapers make the best sex depravity counselor. (laughs) It gets better because guess where he's doing this counseling? Where? He got a special headset so he can do it while he's mowing the lawn. Get out of here. Oh my god. No. And if you see this guy, he has a permanent sunburn and sunglasses sunburn. Like, he's a bad looking guy. He's trimming the hedges while he's trimming the hedges, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. God, unbelievable. Yeah, interesting, interesting bunch of people, but... Um, and then there were just a, cu- a couple other ones. So another juror was dismissed because they confessed to confess, not like it's a bad thing, but, you know, they admitted to reading Duggar forums on Reddit. But a- another thing that came out at this point was that Jill Duggar Dillard, she's the one family defector, and Jedediah Duggar, who many say, and I agree with this, looks like he is the next Josh, just oh, like, creepy, no. swarmy, like... Yeah, ran for some political office and lost terribly. Um, Obviously, because Joe Biden got in his way. I mean, it happens all the time. He Joe will just not leave these Duggars, these poor, poor Duggars alone. These poor alone. Duggars alone. Mm. No, poor things. But after, um, I think it was this. I think it was this day. Jury selection was actually complete. And out of the 52 potential jurors, it was completed with 12 main and four alternates. And they turned out to be great jurors, as we know, and they had their good sense with them when they made the final decision, which we'll obviously get to. Yes, thankfully. So, yeah, I mean, just to set the stage, to talk about who was there, who came in, who went left out, what was what was the environment like, who from the Duggar family was there. There were a bunch of different Duggar family members and associates who came at different times throughout the trial. Some were there every day. Some were there some of the time. Um, for those people who were there every day, Anna Duggar, Josh's wife, yeah. her his faithful, faithful wife, which yes. God knows what the hell's going on with this broad. Uh, I mean, truly, how do you stick with this guy when you know he I know. is a freak. I know. But also, speaking of going back and tuning into our prior episodes, it's clear when you go into the history and the background of this fundamentalist society that women are just trained to say yes to everything. Exactly. And if your husband does it, then it's right and fine, and you have no standing to challenge it. So. Yeah. On that, I actually have to say, I, I want to say it was in the book by the Pearls, which are the ones that talked about that blanket training where you Ugh. hit the baby. Love that. Um, they actually, ha- I think it was them, have like a section or something about what to do if your husband is a child molester. And the advice <gasps> There's a is, whole section about it, which shows yeah. that it's probably a oh, lot more prevalent, common. like crazy. Well, and you know, our whole theory was that Obviously, it would be more common because these people are so sexually repressed. Exactly. That they have no choice but to lash out in completely inappropriate ways. But anyway, so there's a section on what do you do if your husband's a child molester? Yeah. And the advice was, well, if he gets locked up, 
you know, hopefully it'll be, he'll be locked up for a bit. And by the time he gets out, the kids will be old enough. Too that, old for him to molest? Yes, that you'll be able to greet no. him with open arms and welcome him back and everything will be fine. Oh my God. Just setting aside like what happens to you in prison right. and the well, years that go I'm by. I'm sorry. And what are your kids then supposed to bring over the grandkids to see grandpa after he gets home? Right. Like what? he's totally healed. Disgusting. Disgusting. Chester the molester, the grandpa. Yes. yes. Geppetto, as they called Josh. Geppetto. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so his faithful wife was in the court with him every single day. So was Derek Dillard, who is Jill Duggar's husband. So yeah. was Austin Forsyth. Joanna Duggar's husband. Not to be confused with Joanna Duggar. Or this Johanna. Is... <laughs> or I mean, no, Johanna or Jana. Or Sorry. Jana. Yes. This is Joanna. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so the three of them are there every single day. Joanna Duggar Forsyth is there almost every day. Justin Duggar is there. Claire Spivey Duggar, Justin Duggar's wife. Hillary Spivey, Claire Spivey Duggar's mother and son. Jason Duggar, James Duggar, Jim Bob Duggar, <laughs> Janet Duggar, Laura DeMazy, who's mm-hmm. Janet Duggar's best friend. In quotations. In qu- <laughs> Bestie with testes. Mm-hmm. Um, Jill Duggar Dillard came at the end after she wasn't called as a witness. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. <laughs> David Waller, Anna Duggar's brother-in-law and the brother of one of the witnesses. Yeah, this again is like, talk about all this overlap and crap. Like- so much overlap <laughs> because all these families are incestuous as fuck. Yes. David Keller and his wife, Hannah Reber Keller. David is Anna's brother. Yeah. And Hannah is the daughter of LeCount and Maria Reber, who Jim Bog talked into being Josh's custodian. So, again, if you tune in to those old episodes about Josh Duggar when he was <laughs> given to these custodians, <laughs> yeah. Josh like, lived... Like a dog. Like, <laughs> like a dog. Josh lived with these two people under these certain restrictions, a.k.a. they weren't enough restrictions, after he was released on bond on May 6, 2021. Um, and just a note on who came to court, especially Josh's siblings and their husbands, Austin Forsyth and Derek Dillard. Later, it's really clear, and this is sort of a spoiler, or looking into the future, whatever... It becomes clear that many of these people came to learn the information for themselves because Jim Bob had lied to them for so long about what had actually happened in the past and what was going on with Josh's case now as the as it unfolds. And the sisters were Josh's victims, and they finally, through this, yeah. through the testimony, through Josh's trial they finally got the chance to learn more about what actually happened to them, which is so sad. I mean, can you imagine you already probably blacked out what happened to you? You have to, you're forced to go to your brother's trial in order to learn what happened to you. Right. Because you're, because your parents gaslit, gaslighted. I never know what the, me neither with the past. I'd say gaslit, I guess um, you, your whole life saying, Oh, it was just, it was just over the clothes. It wasn't that bad. You know, right. It didn't really happen. You're imagining things. I mean, who knows what they told these kids. So the only way for them to learn what even happened to them is to go to this court and to watch your brother on trial. That's like, awful. what in the hell can you imagine? Disgusting. Just absolutely disgusting. Moving on to Wednesday, December 1st, we have the opening statements. And <laughs> this opening statement by the defense is just Outright in idiotic. such poor taste. Yeah, yeah. Idiotic. Just awful. 
Um, he said, if you like a mystery, then this is a case for you. This is a classic old fashioned whodunit. Hmm. Yeah. Love me some old fashioned pedo whodunit. Exactly. Like the way that he depicts this, it's like, oh, can't wait to like get down with it with Colonel yeah. Mustard. In like the I'm fucking going to a murder mystery dinner. Exactly. Like, like this isn't we're not here for fun. We're here to nail this pedophile to the wall. Right. Like, what are you talking about? This is the case for you. Yeah. You're not advertising oh, a new TV show to me. watch. Yeah. You're y'all are stuck here and you have a duty to to pin this guy down and to decide if he's guilty or innocent. It's not a fun who done it? Yeah, like oh, lucky me! I I'm on the jury and got picked to look at, you know, child sexual abuse material and figure out if it was Josh. Yeah, exactly. Yay, yay! But the other thing that he just loved to harp on was that Josh, Josh is not sophisticated, which he's he's probably not like pretty too smart, but he knows how to do this stuff and he knows how to find. A, I mean, if you're a pedophile and if you have these you know predilections and these feelings and you need to access this type of material you will find a way and that's what's clear that happened with josh yeah well he was trying to say you know oh he doesn't know much about tech and he's homeschooled he got his ged at 16 but you can see even back to the very beginning yes he's probably not super intelligent book smart but even with technology, he's always been very interested in it and knew his way around a computer from a young age. So it's all it's he all knew plenty. Yeah. yeah, he he knew plenty. He was plenty situated to access these materials. And there's it's clearly, you know, the defense did not do a good job of showing that he was not sophisticated enough to know what he was doing around a computer because no. he obviously did. No. All right, so we're still here on Wednesday. We have Amber Calmer, I guess you would say it, and she is with the Little Rock Police Department FBI Task Force Internet Crimes Against Children. She's a detective, and she was the person who initially picked up on Josh downloading CSAM beginning on May 14th, 2019. And this activity, she kind of followed it. Obviously, everything was recorded and stored, and his activity ended on May 16th. And again, just that trigger warning, y'all. If yeah. you ignored us at the outset of this episode, please don't ignore us now because we're going to get into yeah. um, some specifics here. And it is pretty brutal. It's awful. but It's nasty. But it's it's also, I think, important to be clear on how despicable this person is and to just show, like, this is somebody who is utterly and completely depraved and who needs to be punished this isn't innocent, you know, like barely legal right. pornography where, you know, the girls are older and look a little on the young side or if there's sort of borderline material here. No, this is completely repulsive. Awful. Like you are obviously you have a screw loose and you have a disorder. Yes. If you are getting your jollies from watching these types of um media yeah exactly so what was found was a video showing abuse of two young females they were naked and being penetrated by an adult male yuck awful um there were also 65 still images of a seven to eight year old girl posing nude 65 like ah it's just disgusting we're not talking about like even teenagers like not that that would be okay but to have it be teenagers but to me when you have a a true child 
and to know that you know just to get these images was abuse yeah so you know to be looking at the seven to eight year old that yeah. is a baby that Awful. is a tiny tiny like child a first second grader like yeah and like ugh, to for him to be looking at 65 images of this is repulsive yeah and clearly uh, you know everybody knows it's disgusting even his stupid wife so much so (laughs) (laughs) that she left the courtroom during this portion so you know couldn't even be made to face and see what her husband is looking at but okay it's so embarrassing and disgusting yeah so we also had gerald faulkner who was with the department of homeland security he was a special agent he took over the case from calmer after she identified that the perpetrator was josh and that it was josh who was accessing this material so investigators went to josh's car lot on november 8th 2019 they were wearing plain clothes they didn't identify themselves or why they were there (laughs) which we touched on this it comes into (laughs) play they didn't talk about why they were there beyond being homeland security and that this is a common practice for them that they were checking things out josh seemed very calm at the time he agreed to speak with the agents went to faulkner's truck read his he was read his rights and just before turning on the recording, <laughs> which we touched on in the previous episode, Josh says, wait a minute, what's this about? Has somebody been lo- downloading child pornography Aww. or something? You know, like the first thing that comes to everybody's Obviously, mind. Obviously, yeah. So you've got Homeland Security at your door. And the first thing that comes to mind is, must be child porn. Right. That's the issue here. Yep. It's like, couldn't be more clearly guilty. Like, <laughs> way to talk yourself into a corner. I'll give it to the defense in this. He is stupid. <laughs> he is an idiot. I mean, they definitely proved that. Um, but Faulkner stressed that they had never told Josh that they were there investigating child sexual assault materials at all. So he really had no reason to blurt that shit out. Yeah. That's just embarrassing. But the the thing that's awful, though, is it happened right before they pressed record. Which is such a bummer because yeah. they missed his basically like an admission of guilt. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I believe I'm sure he said it because he's that stupid. Yeah, I mean, he's no no genius over here. No. Um, but this recording was played in court. And on the recording, Josh admitted that he was familiar with peer-to-peer platforms and that he knew something, quote-unquote, like a Tor browser. He claimed in the audio that they would upload, quote-unquote, encrypted stuff <laughs> for the cars this is great. because it was safer. So Tor, just for those of you who don't know, I I wouldn't know, is anonymous and it accesses the dark web. <laughs> so this isn't a place that you're who selling are you cars. selling it to? The anonymous figure on the dark web? Yeah, like, to what terrorists? Are you like why? <laughs> it's the type of thing where it just makes no sense. There's no reason that somebody selling something like a car that's legal would ever use this type of platform. Like this is a place to sell tigers or drugs Drugs, or, you know, really illegal materials of all different kinds. There would be no, no reason for encryption, (laughs) no no reason for secrecy. You're selling a fucking vehicle, not a drug. And it's clear that he would have no reason to use this. Yeah. So also in the recording, Josh gets told that they were there because of somebody downloading child sexual abuse materials. And after Josh heard this, he said he was, quote unquote, not denying guilt. Okay. Dumbass. But that he wasn't going to say anything that might incriminate him. Okay. 
He said he knew other people who were in similar situations and said the wrong thing. In other words, <laughs> I've got child molester buddies yeah. who have accidentally been made to talk and now they're screwed. So yeah. I'm not saying anything to, exactly. to nail myself here. And they're probably all other church members. <laughs> exactly. Like knowing them. Yeah. Yeah. But so then we get on to Thursday, December 2nd. We have Agent Faulkner again. And now he's cross-examined by the defense. And now we're starting to get into some of the stuff that was seized and Josh's real intelligence with his um, passwords. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> so a Mac computer, HP desktop, iPhone, and five thumb drives were seized. And they came to learn that the password to the computer, not the partition, which I'm, I'll be honest, we're not going to get too much into the tech, like really specific, because I still don't fully understand it and honestly it sounds like that even confused the jury too yeah. like getting into the technical weeds of things yeah it's i don't think it's terribly important just the fact that it's clear he was accessing it from his computer yeah and that, you know there is this quote-unquote partition that's used to i guess kind of separate the computer base itself from the dark web and from the activities that he was trying to do secretly, right? So it's the way the partition is set up is it's essentially splitting your computer into two separate computers. But this partition can only be accessed by somebody that knows how to get to that partition. You can set it up so that I guess it automatically boots up the partition side first. Mm -hmm. But most computers will boot up their the normal side. Yeah, processing first. thing. And if you set it up and know how to get to it, you can get to it. And that is where you go to access the dark web in that partition. Right. So and it's sort of like a clone. Like yeah. your computer kind of has this clone. And if you know the secret password to the partition, you can get into the cloned half, the bad side, wherein you can access the dark web. And the reason we'll get into this, that this was needed for Josh to do what he was doing was because on the good side, the like normal computer side, um, he had this thing called Covenant Eyes that would report back to Anna anytime he accessed something. So we'll get into it. But just for where we are now, there's a partition on this computer. But anyway, we're learning that the password to the computer was <laughs> Joshua JJ, JJ the jet plane. Brilliant. Amazing password. <laughs> I would have thought it was little kid lover one, two, three, yeah. but still. Or Josh is the man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Josh did it. One, two, three. Yeah, it was me. Josh in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's clear the computer was his. So that <laughs> right there. Yeah. As, as if there was any doubt, but it even further established the ownership of the computer by Josh. Yeah, and he'll just keep digging himself deeper with more of these passwords as they come up. But um, at the time, and we got to get a picture of this car lot because we're talking car lot. It is a literal shed mm -hmm. that he's sitting a in. A Like a little shed that he's sitting in. But and the way that they describe it, you'd think it was like, a big production, right. like a big used car lot with like a bunch of like booming business and lots of sales going on. Josh mm, had a lot of free time so on his hands. Yeah, yeah, no, he sure did to access these kinds of materials. Yeah. So there was only one other employee at the time, and this was Randall Berry, which interestingly enough, he doesn't it, his like he doesn't come up too much in the trial. I, I was assuming that the defense would really try to hammer it home about him, but um, his phone was seized and cleared. No CSAM on there. And um, the defense also asked about, 
And here we're going to get into another child molesters are all around this family and this Ugh. religion. Um, about a former employee and Duggar family friend named Caleb Williams and whether his phone was cleared. So Caleb is from... Um, so. Caleb actually was in Illinois at the time and his phone was not checked. So they try to say, you know, he works in the Bitcoin e-commerce graphic design fields. Okay, whatever, you know, Um, but this didn't really come out in court. But the reason they were really trying to bring Caleb up, I think. So he's a 26 year old Duggar family friend who is, you guessed it. (laughs) (laughs) a convicted child predator of course yeah so he ran in the same religious circles as the duggars and on november 26 2018 he was arrested on two counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse and of course convicted and the story gets worse because um he sexually assaulted a young teen she became pregnant and had the child amazing even better after he gets out of jail he fought for custody of the baby and lost thank god yeah but But still the mere fact that he like was emboldened to fight for custody after he got put away for molesting children just shows you the kind of fucked up rationale that these people have yeah i think i read it somewhere too that he still has in like his instagram bio or something like loving father or like active father or something like jesus christ you are a looney tune no but how he ties into the duggars even more so in this case is that before his arrest um but after he was accused he went to stay with the duggars and this is when he was working at the car lot and many assume that he was staying with them to get out of state and hopefully try to evade these charges that were coming. So Duggars Ugh. are harboring this wonderful man. It's just know. a delight. Probably taught Josh everything you know. Oh, yeah, buddies, you know. Or vice versa. Who even knows? Exactly. Yeah. So then on top of that, we have the lovely Matthew Waller, who was a former Carlot employee. And he is Anna Duggars. <laughs> this is complex. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a complicated thing. He is Anna Duggars' sister Priscilla's brother-in-law so the brother of priscilla's husband there again it's just we got to emphasize <laughs> yeah. how much connection there is in this cult i mean everybody is in bed with everybody or not having sex with everybody because right. they don't believe in sex till marriage um <laughs> but they're all just like interwoven they're running in the same circles it's all these same people they're all employed together they're all growing up together they're getting married to each other they're raising and they're children all together. molesting kids together and they're all molesting kids together so this matt waller guy works at the car lot from january 2019 through april 2019 his last check commission was april 29th 2019 And again, just to refresh your memory, the crime took place in May of 2019, the accessing of the sexual materials. So the defense asked Matthew Waller about the computer password, and Waller said he didn't remember it because it was on a sticky note that they used. Smart as ever, just... Saving your passwords right there on a sticky and note for anyone to see. And these difficult passwords, let R- me tell Yeah, you. really hard to remember. <laughs> so he was asked if he recognized the password to the partition, which was Intel 1988. <laughs> and he said, hey, that rings a bell. Say. Now, just as a note, this password used for Josh's personal accounts was all over everything. Like, this was his go-to oh, yeah. password. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I come was. up with my, you know, password 01 dollar sign like that is his 
Intel 1988. He yes. used it for everything. There was no variation. And the prosecution accused Matt Waller of lying because when he was asked the, uh, the partition password before, he said he didn't know it. But it really comes down to how this question was asked. He didn't know the password offhand, but when the defense asked if he recognized the password Intel 1988, he did say it sounded familiar. So he's he's a dumbass. He's dumb. He's he's He's, dumb, but I don't think he's a liar. He's probably just an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Um, So now getting on to what we kind of alluded to earlier, the next witness is Jeffrey Wofford Wolf. Wooford? I don't know how you pronounce it, but Wolf, buzz your girlfriend. Wolford. Um, <laughs> Josh, your wife, I don't know. Ugh. Anna, your husband. But he is the VP of technology at Covenant Eyes, where we did talk about this in our other episodes as well. But this is a computer system very big in these religious communities that has different filter settings that can be selected to detect pornography and also things that are just uh, like anything that could be even close to or you know that these fundamental christians could think is you know not good for them to see nike you know watch out nike right which meanwhile i don't know if i said this in our last episode but just recently i i knew about nike from the beginning of this that that was their code that that was their thing to like look down a scantily clad in their mind woman is walking by somebody said it's probably because their shoes were nike (gasps) So look down. Oh, my God. I was like, wow. I always thought it had something to do with, like, the gods. Or yeah, something, me you know? too. I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, ah, there, of course, it would. that is probably the, the right answer because they're that simple-minded. Ugh, that makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Jeffrey is up there on the stand, and pretty much he's talking about that, you know, you have an accountability partner where a report is sent if the person tries to access anything they shouldn't. Now, you know, in Josh's case, his accountability partner is obviously his wife. Yes. But the stupid thing with this is, obviously, if you're a child molester, if you're looking at this type of material, there are so many workarounds, including partitioning your computer. That would avoid the computer sending this report to your accountability partner, a.k.a. your wife. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, this was a known thing, as we'll see from other some of these other witnesses, that it was known this is a way to get around it. But something that is interesting is that Josh first subscribed to this in 2013. Now, it is very prevalent in these communities. A lot of families just use it all the time. But it does make you wonder, like... If he didn't have it beforehand and then he subscribed in 2013, what could have been happening then? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, the fact that he so his setting, you could (laughs) you have different settings based on, I guess, what your predilection is and what kind of porn you like. But his setting was to mature teen. So does that imply that everything mature teen and under age wise would be? reported on no i know because you you it it's kind of the opposite where it's like his it's setting just mature teen? no 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 where he's seen as he's his setting is like he's a mature teen looking at at online he's not oh. even set as an adult looking online oh my god so like god. they're really cutting out every like a lot of stuff for him like victoria's secret like that would probably be caught in adult too but like right yeah, it's it's he couldn't even be an adult in the, in right. the system, too. So, wow. yeah. Um, but, you know, he said it, not 
Josh didn't say it outright in trial, but it's been said, you know, that the, everybody knows you could get around Covenant Eyes by using Linux, which is the partition. So that's the the partition. Um, so that's how Joshy got around it there. Shocker. Yep. So we also had Special Agent Jeffrey Pryor. He was the lead agent over 100 times in federal cases and was the assistant team leader and search team leader in this situation. And he was just saying, someone needs to physically be there to install Linux and also had to be there when it was hooked up each time. So pretty much, you know, saying that this couldn't be done remotely. It's not some, this will come up, I don't know if it's in this part or later, but not somebody in Paris accessing Josh's computer and booting up this whole partition. Right. In other words, he couldn't pin the activity from the partition on somebody accessing it remotely. It had to have been him because you had to be there. And also just the fact that, and this goes to how stupid, like Josh is really, he's fucked with this thing. Because (laughs) even if he, okay, let's say, somebody does actually access the porn remotely josh still has to be there to boot up the computer so that and get to the linux partition so that that person remotely can do it so josh is sitting there looking what's going on on his screen well and even under that theory he's still guilty of distributing accessing accessing or you know making it more accessible to someone else exactly so regardless you're done yeah exactly um so th- there's a lot on on this day. Next up, we have Marshall Kennedy, who works with Homeland Security on forensic computer evidence. And he came on, he got on the stand, said there was no CSAM on other devices or on the normal side of the HP. Now, we get into a little bit more details. He said that the partition was installed on May 11th, 2019, and the partition had a user account that was not a generated username. This will come up later, but essentially what it means is, you know, if you if you get a new system, you log on for the first time, the system would assign you person one. That's not what Josh, now we know it's Josh, that's right. not what Josh kept. He changed that username. So <laughs> like it, a dumbass. Yeah. I mean, shockingly, he didn't change it to... Josh123. Yeah. Josh, Joshy Josh JJ 1988, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, but this torrent program, so again, this is what's used to access the dark web on the Linux partition. Um, again, my understanding, I, the tech is hard, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Mm-hmm. This program was used in 2017 on the Mac. So this is not the HP computer from the, um, from the office. This is his personal computer. This was used in 2017 to download movies. So Again, though, it shows you Josh was using Torrent on other devices and wasn't just using it for child sexual abuse material. Which further goes to show that he's well-versed in this stuff. He knows what he's doing. He's using it for a bunch of different reasons, not just for child sexual material. So, like, to say that he isn't familiar with these Torrent programs or that he would be too stupid to use them is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then finally, what uh, Marshall Kennedy said was that the torrent program, again, kind of what we're saying, was also found on the Windows side of the HP computer. And so just to kind of clarify, now that I'm talking about this again, torrent is essentially like Safari or Google Chrome or something. It's it's a browser, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, So it 
doesn't have to be used for all nefarious things. It's just another alternative browser. Right. And isn't it, doesn't it enable you to download materials of all different kinds, like all different kinds of media. I remember back in the day, like oh, yeah, in college, yeah. I think. Like, like dot tor. It, yeah, they'd call it bit torrents. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And people would use it like yes. dash bid in the, on the good side of the computer to download movies. You know, they You're would totally use it to right. download music, whatever. And it would be in the form of these torrent files. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's almost like this um, torrent program is like a LimeWire or I was Grokster just gonna say, good old. or something like that. Yes. And it just happens that you can download good materials or you can download nefarious materials right. via the same means. Yes. So next up, we have James Fottrell, director of the Department of Justice for Child Exploitation. What a fun job. Ugh. And he walked through the recreation of how you would go into and go through Josh's computer. Um, So on the Windows side, we have Wholesale Motors was the only user, which is clearly Josh's business. And it had a screensaver of Josh, Anna Duggar, and some of their children. How wholesome. So then... Ubuntu, the Linux operating system, was downloaded on May 11th, 2019, which we knew earlier, but he serves to confirm this. He also shows that the other software that could download Linux with a thumb drive. Again, we're going to, you know, we're making a note of this now and we're going to bring it back up later. He also walked through the partition side. And again, he showed that, okay, look, it's got to be manually booted up. The username was Dell underscore one. Which so this is this past or this, this is user what we were talking he... about how the username wasn't auto generated, and the password. Wait for it. Wait for <laughs> it. You'll never guess. Was Intel nineteen eighty eight again? Shocker. So this man also said James Fottrell also said that a file with Josh Duggar's name and address was found on the partition side of the computer on June 22nd, 2019, Murray's birthday. Oh, <laughs> bad times. I know. Well, at least Murr was doing something wholesome. The wee-wee. Oh, yeah. And but the thing that to add about this is that probably what was happening was that he was doing legitimate business stuff. While he was then, you know, going back and forth and screwed up and pulled one over to the secret side. side. But it wasn't Josh, I'm sure. Oh, of course not. It it definitely doesn't prove that he was on both sides of the computer, which he owned and that had the same password on it. Exactly. Great. Yep. Um, So also there were child sexual assault materials um, photos from the same date, that June 22nd, 2019 date. Um, found there and that were shown to the jury all right so we're getting to the last day we're going to split this up into kind of the first week the second week for these episodes so wrapping up the first week on friday december 3rd we have james fatrell on on the stand again he said that he looked into programs and devices that could possibly allow for remote access because this is the big you know one of the big sticking points yeah that they're making on the defense side exactly so he looked into these to see if there was anything and he said again he's had experience in this this didn't fit the pattern in this case and he said that like we already commented with one of the other witnesses that 
videos that were played on this player. Somebody had to physically be there to play it. So nobody's accessing this from Australia or France or East Jesus Nowhere. It's him. It's the person who owns the computer. It's the person who is physically in the room with the computer. And and who who knows the partition, too. Like, that's the big thing. Like, who else knows about this partition? I think it's just Josh. Exactly. But here's where we're getting then just kind of the final note in this password and just how stupid, not just Josh, but his whole family is with their (laughs) passwords. Um, This Intel 1988 password uh, for Troll is saying has been used on various Duggar accounts. So dumb. Josh and some of his family back to 2014. So this was the Duggar family, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Josh's banking info on Josh's account for the Family Research Council, which was when he was working in D.C. for a lovely organization. <laughs> um he was on his own there in D.C. He was away from his family for the first time. You know, not like most people when they become adults. This is Josh with three kids, I think, and one on the way, maybe. Um, moving <laughs> Finally, away for the first time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was there on his own. He obviously set up his own password for that computer there at work and everything. So this is showing this is his go-to password. Nobody's setting up this account for him in D.C. He's using it there. He's using it you know his bank account everything so it was him come on exactly so that pretty much closes out the first week of trial and already just a ton of revelations i'm sure this jury was just thinking which they obviously were thinking in some form this guy's an idiot and it's so painfully clear that it was him and nobody else accessing these hideous materials And it becomes even more clear in the next week of trial just how obvious it was that Josh was more advanced than they gave him credit for. Wasn't this dipshit? I mean, he was a dipshit, (laughs) you know, and that's clear in the fact that he used the same password for everything. But he was perfectly smart enough to access these materials, to put the partition into place, to access the torrenting program through the partition and to carry out these horrible deeds. Yeah. And next week, we'll also get into not only the second week of trial, but also there's been a lot of things that, that came out after the trial. A lot of Reddit AMAs, more info on just how disgusting Josh is. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. you weren't convinced If you before. didn't think, yeah, it could get worse, it can. So tune in next week to hear how <laughs> justice was served. And no, that's not one of Josh's siblings. thanks so much for listening to today's episode of betsy boss podcast if you'd like to find us online we're on facebook at betsy boss podcast on instagram at betsy boss podcast on twitter at betsy boss pod and our email is betsy boss podcast at gmail.com also betsy boss is now on both itunes and spotify If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 